0: you're listening to the okc 82 podcast with brady trantham and madison morris the best place for okc thunder basketball a part of 1077 the franchise podcast network
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to OKC82, and this episode, like every other episode that you hear on this podcast or any other uh, podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network, is brought to you by what?
0: New Balance. There you
1: go. I'm wearing them right now. Is it
0: bad that I had to think about that for a second? Because it's been a hot minute since I've been on here. No,
1: it's been it's been too long.
0: I know, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, are we? is it still that dispensary? No, it's not. Yes. New Balance. Not the
1: dispensary, but it's New Balance of Edmund. If you want shoes, if you want shirts, shorts, socks... Um, Chainmail, they have it. So go Love check it. out New Balance of Edmund. Everything's open now, and you need to get your unhealthy, out-of-shape ass out there <laughs> in some New Balances and there go you run. Go. yeah. Yes. By the way, um, that voice on the other end of this podcast, because I'm Brady, but
0: who's this? It's me. It's Madison. I have returned, and I'm super pumped to be here. So Brady texted me, and I... Was thrilled just because I haven't been on OKC82 in a while. There's been nothing to talk about. So we've hardly recorded. Um, but yeah, I just I've missed podcasting. And so I said, without a doubt, yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah. So like the idea of doing a podcast every time like Woj or Ramona Shelburne or who Keith Smith, whoever, like releases like this is what I'm being told about what the NBA, um, you know, Board of Governors are discussing. Yeah. Like we would put out content every single day. Which, in the era of no sports where content is valuable, I get that it's a little silly to just be like, "Yeah, um, I'm not going to do that." But <laughs> I just didn't see the point of discussing things that were up in the air and right. being openly discussed by people more important than us. So, like, I just I don't see the point. We've done a few of those franchise Thunder Insider podcasts. Mm-hmm. Back when it was like deep quarantine, right? Where everybody was at home and everybody was with like chilling. Our chillin'. Zoom audio, yeah, with the uh, the awesome Zoom audio. It's wonderful. Um, but yes, finally, Brady and Madison are back in. We've returned. Yeah, and uh, I, I think before we get into the meat of this podcast, this episode, because it's something that I've wanted to do, and I'm, I'm, you've talked about this a handful of times, you know, off and on about being a woman in sports journalism mm-hmm. of being a woman covering a basketball team. And because we've worked together for X amount of years and we're <laughs> pretty much up each other's ass during a basketball season, like every five seconds um, we will work until two in the morning and then say goodnight to each other and then see each other at like 10 o'clock the next morning <laughs> and then see each other all, all damn day. So um, we Good get, chef. we get caught in the rhythm and the the momentous wave that is covering a basketball team. So sometimes, important subjects like this sadly go by the wayside, but because there's nothing going on, because the whole world is burning down Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, which in some way is a good thing because we are um, shining a light on things that need to be, have a light um, showing on them. Uh, That's what the whole point of Adam's podcast was about the other day. So uh, um, everybody, thank you for listening to that, but we will get into that later. Madison really quick. I need you to introduce this interview that I'm about to put on this podcast because everybody knows by now, Darius Baisley is participating in the Skins League and he's already played a game. Mm -hmm. Terrence Ferguson apparently was going to play and then last night announced that he can't play because of contractual agreements with the team. I don't know how Darius Baisley was able to play because he plays for the same team, but (laughs) maybe rookie deals are different, but Terrence is still technically on his rookie deal. So I I have no idea. Um, they're both clutch guys, so I like. I don't know how Darius Baisley basically got into the Skins League, unless the Thunder were just napping on the job on that right. one. Uh, we'll see if Darius plays in another game, uh, but Trey Young is apparently going to be involved with it as well. So there's going to be some NBA talent to get excited for the Skins League. But Madison, you have a connection to this Skins League in some way, shape, or form. So the floor is yours. Please introduce this uh, this person you're about to interview that has something to do with Darius Please, <laughs> No,
0: for sure. So my boyfriend for almost five months now... He Your boyfriend? My boyfriend! Um, his name is Corbin Byford, and he you is You might playing. have heard of him, Oklahoma. Yeah, you may have. You're a Broncos fan for UCO, all that good stuff. Hooves up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> good stuff.
0: But uh, Corbin is playing in the Skins League. He has been out of college for about two, three years now, so... He he is only coaching basketball for Edmund North. And so he wanted to kind of get back involved with actually playing basketball. So for the past couple of years, he has played in the Skins League. And uh, he is actually on the same team as Darius Baisley. And he actually, he told me, and I think he says in the interview, Bert, he's going to tack on to the end of, end of that podcast coming out soon. But he said that he has some connection with like a couple of the guys that are on that team. And it ended up that Darius was like really good friends with one of Corbin's former teammates at UCO and so that's how Darius got involved and so yeah Corbin plays on the same team as Darius Baisley said he's a really great guy and uh he was happy to learn from him and play alongside him
1: exactly so madison i expect you to um if darius is able to play in the next game i expect you to go there with your new balance shoes that you got the day we shot that video and inform darius that we are also sponsored by new balance so hey let's like let's collaborate on some type of podcast need a
0: collaboration of new uh, balances you
1: you should try and get credentialed for the skins league
0: that would be amazing
1: (laughs) (laughs) you are media
0: I mean, yeah, I don't even know how you go about something like that because I walked in. This is my first time ever attending one of these games. I walked in, and there are maybe a handful of people who are sitting underneath uh, the goalposts and they have like cameras and stuff, but they're not credentialed up or anything. So I probably could just take some type of camera and go sit down there. Yeah, just
1: wear your, just wear a franchise shirt like I'm important. Uh, But I mean, what was it like? Was that the first? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming that's the first sporting event you've been yes. to since, you know, the world caught on fire back in March. <laughs> right. Um, so that's the first basketball game you've seen since yes. what you almost saw on March 11th when the Thunder and the Jazz almost played.
0: Oh, for sure. Because so this is comes as no disrespect to the Skins League whatsoever, but I didn't know anything about it. So I was half expecting to walk in and just see like maybe girlfriends or friends like sitting in the bleachers watching a game. But no, this gym was absolutely packed. It's part of the Hive kind of up by Edmund, and it's in their annex building, which is huge. And um, I walk in, and there's just people everywhere, like standing, sitting down on like the bleachers, and people are kind of like off in the back just conversating, having like a good time with each other and enjoying basketball. And it was crazy because I was like, wow, I feel like I'm breaking the rules by being around this many people. <laughs> I know people, there, there's but- a pandemic
1: going on, but like I guess people are just – I want to live my life. Yeah. I want to live my life and go back and watch sports, which uh, I I'm, not, I'm not a health expert. So for me to even talk on it is silly. But Yeah, it was yeah. cool, though. But yeah, um, Madison, you uh, talked to Corbin about Darius Baisley. So um, super duper exclusive interview on the Woo. OKC82 podcast with a teammate of Darius Baisley on the Skins League, Mr. Corbin Byford, playing now.
0: First, talk about skins league the guys on your team and why you're playing in the league
2: Uh, i've known about skins league for a while um i've never been able to participate in it before um did just other stuff but i got asked to play on a team by dominic franks i played against him last summer in a league up at the santa fe club and he had a team in skins league as well and um, he saw me play there. I played against his team, and uh, I knew a couple guys. I'd played college with a couple guys that plays on the Skins League team, and um, they kind of asked me to play next summer with them, and I told them that I would. So it's kind of how I got hooked up with this team. And talk about the guys that you play with. Um, so I play with um, the guys that I know are Milan Jones and Trey Jordan. I played at UCO with both of those guys. Um, we also have Darius Baisley, who plays with the Thunder. Um, I think he's good friends with Milan. And so that's kind of how I got hooked up with this team. Um, play with Daquan Jeffries, who's a two-way player for uh, the Sacramento Kings organization. We're kind of coached and kind of, I don't know how you say it, he kind of leads us is um, Dominic Franks, who played for the Atlanta Falcons, I believe. He was you know an All Big Twelve defensive back at OU and plays and played for the um, Atlanta Falcons for five or six years. Um, have a couple other guys, guy named Call, guy named Melo, guy named Dre, and then Current Scott also who played at Clemson last year. So you know we got a got a really nice squad. So okay,
0: zoning in real quick on Darius just. Talk about, like, playing with him, what he brings to the team, and if he, I don't know, showcases any kind of leadership or if he, like, helps you guys out um, just with his professional career or anything like that.
2: Yeah, so the surprising – the first thing – first off, the surprising thing about Darius is you don't realize how big he is. Like, the guy's a legit 6'8", if not 6'9", and he's probably the longest human being I've ever, like, seen in my life. Like, he's just – his unbelievable length and athleticism. And, like, what people don't realize, what they don't get to see him showcase as much in the NBA yet because he's still only 19 years old is just how, like, skilled of a basketball player he is. Like, the dude can can really handle it. Like, he's got a nice, tight handle um, at six nine. That's, you know, an incredible thing to have. He can finish at the rim. Um, you know, he's long. He blocks shots. He's athletic. You know, he has great instincts on on when to drive and when to pass and and great defensive instincts you know he can really bother the ball and and you know he's doing a little bit of everything for us last night it was our first time playing together kind of as a team we've never really gotten together and played before so you know just playing with him is it was you know it was different you know playing with a with a guy who's in the league and him just being 19 years old you see like the potential that he has and all the he has all the assets that you want in a young player you know he's skilled he can he can shoot a little bit he can really handle it he's great defensively he's got all the like body measurements that you'd want and he's still only 19 years old like that's what people don't realize this kid You know, he took a year off from high school and did that internship with New Balance. And the fact that he's 19 years old is pretty incredible. Like, you know, because it's a great league with almost everybody in that league playing some form of professional basketball, whether overseas or not. And You know, the team we played against had Samaj Christian, a former um, Thunder player, and um, some really, really good overseas players like Xavier Alexander and Omega Harris and, and stuff who haven't had really successful careers overseas so far. And, and you know, he, he definitely stuck out with, with the way he played last night. And that's tough because being an NBA player in that situation, those guys are going at him, like, as hard as they can. Like, he's being guarded harder than anybody's being guarded. He's being pushed harder than anybody's being pushed. You know, he was, like, every time he touched it, he was honestly getting – there's some sort of foul basically every time he touched the basketball because – in all reality if they just tried to guard him straight up that that's a tough ask because the dude is legitimately, you know, six nine with a seven foot wingspan with a nice handle and just really good skills.
0: And then can you talk about how like there was a giant crowd for that game. Um, and then maybe mention the fact that you saw Trey Young's about to play and possibly Ferg and just what that does for skin skins league as a whole.
2: Oh, yeah, so Skins does does a really good job of promoting his league. He's really good for Oklahoma basketball, Um, you know, to give these guys who play overseas and who play professionally um, something to come home to and to play in over the summertime because, you know, you see, like, the Drew League and all that stuff. That's what he's trying to make this for Oklahoma guys, and really it's become that it's gotten bigger and better every year, and everybody's been saying this is the most talented the league's ever been. I mean, every single team just has dudes on it. And uh, it's really fun. Last night, I mean, it was a, it was a more than packed house at, um, at the Hive Annex. And, like, you would not have thought um, for a minute that, you know, COVID-19 was a thing. It was one of those deals where it kind of felt like you were getting back to a little bit of normality Um, because everyone was this there and it was kind of an escape for everybody to just go go back to normality a little bit and just have a good time and watch some you know some of the best basketball that you can see outside of the NBA to be perfectly honest Um, because you know you got players who have played at every single level there you got NBA guys D1 guys D2 guys like guys who play overseas you know just guys who have had success at every level and and, you know, now there's um, skins posted tonight that, you know, Trey Young's going to be back. He played last year in a game, um, you know, and then uh, T. Ferg's going to play. Um, I don't know if T. Ferg's playing because he saw Darius playing and really got the itch to, to start playing again. But um, it's just exciting to have those, you know, those NBA guys come in the gym, and, you know, any time they walk in the gym there's going to be a little bit more buzz so last night you know it was a more than capacity crowd and everyone was there and you know i think there are a lot of people there who are just ready to watch some live sports i know um but definitely whenever like whenever Baisley walked in there was a different buzz you know in there even if he did show up right at tip because maybe he couldn't find the place but it's all good um and then, plus, people don't realize he played that whole game without warming up a bit. He, like, walked in the gym right before tip-off and stuff. Uh, so that's another thing that was impressive about how he played is he just laced him up and ran out there and, and was a bucket straight from the start. It was good. Uh, Yay! Great stuff,
1: Madison. Great stuff.
0: Thank you, Corbin.
1: <laughs> yes, thank you, Corbin. Did uh, Corbin know that this was going to go on a podcast?
0: So Brady, <laughs> Brady calls me. And I'm sitting right next to Corbin. We're watching Mad Max because I'd never seen it before. And I was really pumped. And I was like, hey, pause this real quick. And I was like, <clears throat> after I got off the phone with you, Brady, I looked at him. I said, okay, I have a request for you. And it's, it might feel weird, but I need <laughs> j- I need to ask you a few questions about playing with Darius Baisley in Skins League. And I fully expect you to answer them with no questions. At that, <laughs> at
1: that point, did Corbin like realize, oh, God, you're media... I just, oh, no, I totally forgot. Oh gosh, I'm back. You're the enemy.
0: Yeah, he he kind of looked at me and was like, okay. And so we uh, we did a little interview. And he was actually, like, decent at it because he's not soft-spoken by any means, but he does kind of come off as shy from time to time. And if he's listening to this, I'm really sorry. I don't think you're shy. But, uh, yeah, I thought I thought he did a decent job. He had a lot to say.
1: Yes, a lot to say. And it's gold at this point because um, even though basketball is on the on the horizon right now, the NBA is already talking about um, 22 teams coming to Orlando. Yay. And the early talk, at least right now, is because not every single team is going to be there, um, they're going to try and play eight regular season games to uh, finish out the seating, <clears throat> to also basically act as you know getting back in basketball shape for all the players. And there are going to be 13 Western Conference teams going because, Mm -hmm. you know, the eight teams that are seated currently in the playoffs if they started today are all obviously going to be in Orlando. And then you're talking about San Antonio, Phoenix, New Orleans.
0: um, Portland. Portland,
1: Portland, I think, is the other one, are going to go there and to pretty much try to find out who the eighth spot is going to be. And they've even added on something like, if the difference between the fourth and the or the eighth and the ninth seed is uh, four games or more, um, the eighth seed is just going to go as is. If it's four, if it's less than four games, then they're going to do some type of best of three playoff or play-in tournament for the eighth seed. So it could be fun how this affects the Thunder, because realistically, with eight games, they can finish anywhere from the second seed or the uh, seventh seed. Mm-hmm. So this play-in thing, the eighth seed doesn't really uh, apply to them. Um, but the idea is they're going to play the next eight games on everybody's schedule of the teams that are all going to be involved in Orlando. So obviously the Thunder and J- the Jazz game is going to take place that in theory is going to be the first Thunder game that we see in Orlando. And if there is a game on the schedule against a team that isn't going to be there, you just skip to the next one. Mm-hmm. It's already kind of hairy, Madison, because the final team on the Thunder's eight-game schedule in this scenario are the Clippers. And they at that point, they have already reached their eight-game max. Mm. So I don't know what the NBA is going to do. It's going to be wild. We're all pretty much going to find out in real time with the rest, of, that. rest of the world. But, um, you know, we were at a pool party on Friday. Uh, with our friend Ryan Chapman, Matt Burton was there, Derek Parker was there, Christine Butterfield was noticeably absent. (laughs) But that's when um, the NBA announced the target date for July 31st. And just since then, over the last few days, like how, like, does it feel weird to be excited again?
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm excited to be excited again. And that's like, I've been saying that for a while, just it feels good to have something to look forward to, because I'm always so big on like, having something to look forward to. And that makes every single day enjoyable in a way, even if it's a bad day, like I still have something to look forward to. And so, um, yeah, having the NBA really solidify something. I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm super excited to see what they do with it because I know it's going to be competitive. I really feel like it's going to be entertaining regardless. And, uh, hopefully they can just keep all their eggs in one basket and figure it out. And, and it'll be good.
1: And real quick, like, cause I, I, I was thinking out loud on Twitter earlier today while you were, uh, babysitting, um, you, uh, un- unfortunately, or fortunately, depend- depending on your uh, perspective, uh, you have to babysit Jerry's uh, uh, two of his or one of his many children. Yeah. His admitted many children. Yes. Um, That's true. So you are saying, although Chloe is a sweet little girl. She is so, sweet. Um, but I was thinking out loud on Twitter, basically, I don't know how much stock we can even put into the regular season at this point. Now, it's good that the Thunder are in a position because of the, what they did in the regular season that they're in now, but the Thunder's record against the Jazz this season going into this Orlando thing, I don't think has anything to do with mm-hmm. what we could potentially predict. Um, how the Thunder fared against Miami in that one game has nothing to do with the Thunder playing the Heat in Orlando in a few, in a few months. It's just been too long. Mm-hmm. Like, players, teams have become healthy. Um, players have become older. Um, and One of the Thunder's biggest players, Chris Paul, turned 35 during this time. Yeah. Um, and then some players like with the Utah Jazz, a very pivotal player uh, elected to take um, to have surgery and is out for this entire season this yeah. year. So. I just don't know how much stock we can even put into it. It's just we're all going into this blind.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's exactly how they are, too. And so I think that almost makes it it definitely makes it unpredictable, but it almost adds to my excitement a little bit because it can be anybody's game now. And I am not necessarily saying I think the NBA is super predictable, um, but I think it's kind of fun that everyone's going to be on the edge of their seat again. They're going to be excited. They're going to see um, a lot of raw and authentic basketball being played because it's not going to have, I guess, just all the hubbub that the NBA usually creates. I mean, it might even have more because this has been anticipated for months now. And so, I like I said, I think it's anybody's game. So that's what makes it really um, welcome and exciting for me.
1: Because they're basically starting from where they left off, Chisholm Holland is of the opinion that they shouldn't even let the Thunder and the Jazz warm up because they were already <laughs> warmed up for that game. They've been warmed All up we needed months. was the tip-off. Yeah. So, sorry, Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, Rudy Gobert, although they're probably fighting still. And sorry, everybody on the Thunder, but there's no layup lines, no free throw shooting, no three-point shooting, no drills. You're going straight into the Just game. Just go straight in. Yeah, let's do that. Let's but, do it. Uh, Madison, let's do this. Let us – basically backtrack a little bit with you unfortunately went to Oklahoma State I'm just kidding you, <laughs> you, you went to Oklahoma State I did what was Madison's dream at you the know? time as a fr- you're you're a freshman um you're a palm squad like just prodigy like the recruiting services are like off the chart you get oh, you uh you know you had offers from all the big schools and you chose to you know chose to stay home and go to Oklahoma State and what does 18-year-old Madison want to be when she grows up at that time?
0: So crazy thing. I was 17 when I started college. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's you're. I also wild. forgot you were smart. I'm super young. Yeah. Uh, shout out mom and dad. They just put me in school way too early. But <laughs> um, no, aside from that. So it's funny because now I do work in sports and I'm very passionate about it. But that's not at all what I wanted to do. Uh, what I wanted to do was be a professional writing major and I wanted to be an author I just wanted to write books mainly about historical fiction and um, I don't know maybe even those lovey-dovey romance novels you read I don't know I just I had this wild imagination growing up all the time and I would always I don't know make up things and I know that sounds weird but all kids do it and so I was just kind of like that and so going into college I think it was maybe like the year yeah probably like the start of my senior year of high school, I did a visit to Oklahoma State and my mom came with me and we visited the English department. And as we were like talking to the uh, head of like the professional writing major and someone that I would actually be working closely with if I did decide to make that my major, I like straight up fell asleep during the meeting. I was so (laughs) bored. And I think that was just because my attention span was so bad and I had just turned 17 at that point. And so it was just, it was horrible. And I don't know, I came into college a year later and I committed to doing professional writing because I had been wanting to write books since I was super young. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna get an English degree. I took one media class. It was called Media in a, I I can never say this, Media in a Diverse Society. And I immediately changed my major. I was like, I don't wanna work in the English department. I wanna work in media. Yeah. And so I just I developed this love of sports just being right there um, for football and basketball and wrestling and baseball and all of that. And so I actually ended up getting really involved with the athletic department at OSU. And that's just that's kind of what kickstarted it all.
1: Oh, the athletic department at OSU
0: shout out gavin ling he gave me a chance yeah and shout i out to, really appreciate him sh-
1: shout out to gavin because without sounds like without gavin there may not be a mass and sitting right here
0: so. probably not because <clears throat> i came up to him after one of my sports classes and he had come to talk and he was talking about the internship program they have in the athletic department but they had just hired everybody on for the year and i came up to him and i was like hey this is a super wild offer, but I really want to come intern for you guys. Like I want to work in the athletic department. He was like, uh, okay, like I'll interview. I think he was just humoring. Did me. you like have a
1: gun at him? Cause he like the way you described <laughs> it was, he was like fearful for, uh, for his life. Like, like, uh, I please. think he was a
0: little panicked because he had just told all of us, like we already have everybody on our team. but <laughs> And
1: you were, you fell asleep.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> you I don't... think I was just kind of like in a daze, like I want to do that. <laughs> and so I approached him after class and I was like, Hey, is there any possible way? And he was probably just like, what did I just say girl like I don't we don't have room for you (laughs) so I'm pretty sure he was humoring me and he was like all right just come in and like you can take uh, there was like a not like a test but he wanted to test our writing and he would give us like a sports article and we'd have to summarize it write like a game story and then he would just ask us questions and we would answer them and so I guess I did like a somewhat decent job because he called me maybe like a week later and he was like listen our internship is paid and everything, but like I won't be able to pay you because like we don't have a spot for you, but I'm willing to make one if you're willing to do this. And I was like, let's do it.
1: And thus Madison's career was... And
0: thus I became... W- had begun. A sports gal.
1: And so like when, when you're interning, working for free um, for Oklahoma State's athletic department, I mean, what what's like a day in the life of Madison?
0: A day in the life. So I... Let's
1: say during football season.
0: Yeah, during football season. So I started when I was still on the POM squad. It was my senior year. Yeah, I had just started my senior year of college. Okay, I'll say that I was a fifth year. So this was the start of my fourth year. You got
1: you got redshirted. It's okay. Yeah, I got redshirted. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So this is the start of my fourth year, and during football season for Palm, it's pretty much you had practice Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday evenings, and then you'd have a Saturday football game. And so I would generally do about twelve to fifteen hours of classes during the week, and I would immediately go to um, the athletic department inside of Gallagher-Iba. And just do whatever I could do in there for the remainder of my day. I usually kept my palm practice clothes in my car. And so after I would finish in there, I would go to my car, drive over to palm practice. I probably wouldn't get home until about 9, 9.30 at night. And I would start my classes maybe at like 10, 9.30, 10 in the morning. Mm. And so it, it was like really long days. But I just I wanted to prove to them that I could do that and POM because I love the people I got to work with my first year. But I mean, they were super committed to that program because that's all they had to do. They didn't have sorority. They had their classwork, but they didn't have like POM or sorority like I did. And I think I just kind of overwhelmed myself, but I also think it upped my work ethic a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, when, when you're working there, are there any other like, what's the male-female ratio in the athletic department or uh, the people that you're directly working with on a day-to-day basis?
0: There were more males. Um, there was only three of us women. My first... No, I'm sorry. There were four um, my first entire year in the athletic department. And... Um, Two of those women now, I think one's off in law school, uh, like in Virginia, had a really great program, and the other one is actually working for the NBA in New York City. And so um it was like really, it was really in- intimidating at first, to be totally honest, because like I said, I was the only one that wasn't getting paid. So I still felt like I had a lot to prove to myself because I really yeah. wasn't even supposed to be there in the first place. Um, but also these I felt like these people that I was interning along they knew they wanted to do this they like loved sports they were born to cover sports they were so good at it they had that knowledge of it and I'm not gonna lie I had to play catch up like I I knew about sports but I couldn't really talk the lingo right away and they could like they could just spit it out like no problem at all and then there would be game signups and they'd be like all right I'm there I'll do this I'll do this and I'm like I have to palm. I'm sorry. I can't come work. And so it was always kind of awkward. I kind of felt a little bit left out, but I mean, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it was just, I had other obligations, but I would still try to prove myself. And it was, I mean, it was great
1: really quick. I have to go back. Um, because I think you said one of those four girls now works for the, you said the Knicks, no, the NBA. So just the so yeah. the NBA league office. She works for the NBA okay. league office. I was office. about to say, thank God, because she's, if she's working for the Knicks right now, did you see Jim Dillon's like, yeah, no one talk about George Floyd's <laughs> murder? Like, that's a good thing that we're talking yes. I'd feel terrible for that person if she oh, was working yeah, for the be, Knicks.
0: That would be so bad, because <laughs> her name is Megan. She's wonderful, and she's been very vocal about everything. She's awesome. So, but yeah, she's, she's awesome.
1: Well, like, when you're doing this, I mean, obviously, like, because I can kind of connect to that as well because as everybody knows that listens to this podcast and as you know like I didn't I didn't major in journalism or Mm. communications or anything. I found that I wanted to do this after I after I graduated already. And so when I was, you know, trying to find anything to latch on to to like write for, to work for, I always knew that I had to go a little bit harder and Um, work for free because I had a lot of ground like you to, Mm. to uh, make up on because I didn't take the classic route. But having said all that, you know, you still, you still have fun. You still respect the process and everything, but the whole experience that you have, you know, being a woman, I mean, did, was there anything that you noticed um, good or bad being a woman in the athletic department working for free? Or were you just kind of like, I mean this in a nice way, but just blinded by the fact that you were having, you were finally having fun doing mm-hmm. something that you could see yourself doing for a long period of time. And sometimes when that happens, getting slighted, whether it be like, you're not, you should be getting paid, but you're, they're not going to, but you're mm-hmm. not willing to like ruin anything by causing a stink about it. Cause you just enjoy what you're doing. Right. You know, like I can get how that goes by the wayside, but as a woman, like, obviously I don't know any, I don't know how that is, but was there anything that you experienced good or bad?
0: Yeah. I mean at the time in college, I probably was a little bit more blind to it just because I was so excited to be there. Any chance I got, like, I really wanted to continue to prove myself. So, but now, you know, I, I've looked back on it the past couple of years and there were definitely times. And, you know, obviously I want to preface this by saying like no one ever singled me out. I swear none of this was probably even intentional. It was just a thing. And so, Um, There would be times I would be called to cover a soccer game. And instead of doing some of the hardcore stats or like run the scoreboard or something, they would pretty much like make up a job and be like, hey, can you sit out there with a notebook paper or piece of paper and just write down anyone who like makes a goal? And like it's college soccer and maybe like there's one goal made the entire game. Oh, wow. And so I would basically just sit there. What if you fell
1: asleep? (laughs) Like, uh, who scored? (laughs) I know.
0: I was like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I felt like some of the jobs that I wanted to continue to learn more about, I was passed over for it because, you know, I was I was the palm girl. I wasn't really the girl who was always in the office. I wasn't the girl that was getting paid. And I don't know. I I guess one of, like, the biggest jobs that I was given was, like, studying the depth chart at a football game and obviously writing down all the subs and who went in for who, and I would have to stare through binoculars the entire game. And, you know, I finally felt like I was doing something meaningful because they have to have that kind of information. But for the most part, I would sit at the basketball games that I was able to be at, and I would, like, make the shot chart or I would just write down if someone – Substituted in and out or if someone kicked a goal or at the baseball games I would just pick the little sayings that would scroll across the screen like nice hit or foul ball and it was just like I don't know sometimes I felt like I wasn't learning as much as I wanted to because you know there was there was someone else there to do it and so I don't know if that's like a woman versus man thing or anything but sometimes I did feel like oh well she's just the palm girl like Yeah. We'll just, we'll give her little tasks, but we'll give someone else the work.
1: And just think, just two or three years later, you were standing in the Thunder Locker Room only to wait an extra hour to talk to Russell Westbrook just so he can be mean to all (sighs) of us.
0: That was (laughs) the good days, just waiting for Russell to come and snarl at me. I love it.
1: So, you obviously, you started interning with the franchise while you were still at OSU. I did, yes. Yeah. So, um, how did that come about? Mm -hmm. A. And then, B. How did the athletic department feel about one of their um, you know, more talented, aspiring media members working now interning for the flagship station of Oklahoma yeah. sooner athletics? <laughs> yeah,
0: so that's actually kind of a wild story. And it really was my first taste of like getting put in my place and where I had to make like a real big girl decision if you guys can relate to that. Like I had already worked in the athletic department for an entire year and now I was actually getting paid and so I was really making it a point I wasn't on pom anymore because I was a fifth year and so I would go to class and immediately go to Gallagher and I would just do everything I could I would even ask like the full-time people like what can I do to help you how can I learn more some of the people that I interned with and that were still there with me they would teach me um, photoshops and after effects and how to make graphics and excuse me, I just, I always was trying to learn. And so um, my friend Kylie came to me and she is still one of my best friends to this day. And she had actually been Jerry's intern the summer before me. And she said, Hey, like I have a really good connection to a summer internship that involves sports if you're interested, but it's radio. I know you've never done that. I was like, yeah, I've never done radio, but like, I really want a summer internship. I don't care if it's paid or not. Like, I just want more experience so I can say I've learned something else. And so I ended up getting the internship at the franchise, which I was just elated about. And I was very grateful for Randy and Jerry giving me that. Um, but I told my superiors back at the athletic department at OSU, and it it didn't necessarily go over bad but i was called into a room right before a football game and i was basically chose or told like hey you're gonna have to choose like you cannot work for us and work for a radio station it's a conflict of interest i'm doing my air quotes when i say that Mm. and so i i don't know i was just like in shock because i was thinking okay but that's a radio station in oklahoma city but i really want to continue working for osu And I guess now that I'm a little bit older, I definitely understand that, but I just remember being so devastated that I was told I have to choose because I can't do both. And so as, I mean, obviously I chose the franchise and I ended ended up resigning at the athletic department, but it was hard. And I mean, I'm glad I made the transition because I'm still at the franchise today, but yeah, it was it was well, intense. Well,
1: did that seem a little unfair to you? Just because, like, like you, like you said, to set the stage, like you, there were times where you felt like you were being asked to do like menial tasks, mm-hmm. and some of that, yeah, might have been because you didn't take the classic route, and so you were the low person on the totem pole, and that's regardless, that could have been me, you know, yeah. and I'm a, I'm a white dude, and you know I c- could have still been given menial tasks, I guess, but so there's that, but because they didn't really put a lot of value in or give you as many opportunities as you feel you probably should have had. Was it fair for them to give you an ultimatum?
0: Honestly, I don't know. I wish there would have been more of a conversation about it because the first time I ever heard about it was (laughs) not even an hour before OSU kicked off. And I was there in my orange polo about to work the football game up in the press box. And I was told, Hey, this is either going to be your last game to work or, we'll see you next weekend and I was like wait so you need to know now oh wow and I mean they told me like because it was a Saturday obviously they said okay well we need to know by Monday at the latest like we're gonna let you stay up here and work this football game and we're hoping that you stay with us but we need to know by Monday if you're gonna be here next weekend or not and so it was just I couldn't even focus that entire football game and I guess what I wish would have changed from that whole experience is just maybe having a conversation before the football game so I could actually focus on my work. And maybe if there was more of a, hey, if we cut you back a little bit on this and assign you to this, so you can still do what you're doing at the franchise, but you won't have as many responsibilities here at the athletic department, like maybe we could work something out to where you could do both, but we can't give you this much responsibility if you're not gonna be able to fully commit to it. And I would have said, okay. But I guess looking back on it, it may have been a little hard because I did start doing Thunder that year, and I was driving down to Oklahoma City every other day.
1: Yeah, Stillwater, Oklahoma City. It's it's not that far, but when you like when you go there for like the afternoon, and then you work all day, and then all night, mm-hmm. and then you have a drive back to Stillwater to look forward to. it's, oh my gosh. it's not fun. So that like, was hard. So you did that for a year. A year. A year. Mm-hmm. So you like. You're covering Thunder stuff. You're you're getting, like, video and audio for, you know, the radio station, the shows throughout the day. Um, Do you still feel like that you are um, able to spread your wings, I guess? Or are you just, this is what they want me to do. I'm the low person on the totem pole because I'm an intern, so I'm Mm -hmm. just going to go do it. And then maybe if I'm here longer, I can be a little bit more vocal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like... So with the franchise right now, I feel like I can be a little bit more audacious now than probably that year of my fifth year in college. Um, Just because I was given the opportunity to cover the Thunder. And granted, at that point, I didn't have the season pass. I was having to apply for them through Randy uh, pretty much any time there was a game. And I would have to tell him in advance. And so sometimes I would text and be like, hey. Like I have a test the next morning. I can't stay up until 6 a.m. working. Like I I need to stay here in Stillwater.
1: Randy Heights is our boss, by the way. Yeah, Randy.
0: Shout out Randy. But um, yeah, it was the the first year I definitely felt like I had to do more as I was told. And anytime I would have to contest it, I would just get the utmost anxiety and be really scared to. But I mean, I feel a little bit better now just because the more you work in this business, you can kind of find your voice a little bit easier and not to be super cheesy or anything. But I don't know. I f- I feel like I've established a level of respect with people to where I can be a little bit more vocal and open to discussing uh, what's on my mind or like what I think would be a great idea. And then obviously there are times where I just I want to continue to do as I'm told because I agree that that's the right thing to do or like that's what my boss wants so therefore that's what he's going to get and so i don't know it's just it's a back and forth type of thing but i feel a little bit better about that now just as a comfort level yeah
1: so you're covering thunder stuff you're going to games getting video and audio and then you slowly start to produce a little bit more Mm -hmm. um Uh, When did you start producing, like, consistently for uh, the Franchise Center Insider Show on Saturdays?
0: Probably once I moved to Oklahoma City. And I told, I actually told our bosses, I was like, hey, listen, I am here full time now. I am finished in Stillwater. I've graduated. And, like, I have a place to live here in Oklahoma City. I can be at the station in five minutes. Just call me if you guys need me. And that's when I was given... The opportunity to do the Thunder Insider show which I was super excited about because I love covering basketball and talking about it and that was really my first time I was able to feel like I had kind of like a purpose at the station and mm-hmm. I say that lightly because I mean everybody has a purpose who works for the station even if it's I don't know, mopping the floors at you night. You feel like you
1: have a uh, specialty. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm like, I feel like they need me. Like, I have obligations every Saturday morning now. Like, that's that's my job. Like, I can't be anywhere Saturday morning. I would rearrange my other work schedule around that and say, like, I have to be at the radio station on Saturday yeah. mornings.
1: Yeah, I, I miss that show. I would imagine that when basketball starts... I miss wh- it, too. Uh, I would imagine when basketball starts that we'll probably have that show again.
0: I hope so, because I made sure my July schedule was free Saturday mornings.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's, that is a good plan. Um, so, you know, as a producer, you know, you have a little bit more of an ability to, you now have a platform, you Mm -hmm. can talk, you can share your opinions now. Um, and you know, like Jerry, like working with Jerry, like none of this is going to be throwing anybody under the bus that we work with on a regular basis because Jerry and John, um, from a personal standpoint were really um, easy going and they were really quick to make me feel mm-hmm. included. And I'd imagine they did the same thing for you, Yeah. but just um, the environment of radio sports journalism, like what is that like for you? Like, what is your experience like? Like it, because you're, you're talking about the exploits of super athletic men, like mm-hmm. millionaire basketball players. Yeah. Um, you're in locker rooms where they're all getting out of the shower. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, it's uncomfortable for everybody there. I'd imagine it's probably <laughs> uncomfortable for a woman as well. Yeah. Um, then you go on the radio primarily with a bunch of other men who are, have strong opinions about said millionaires mm-hmm. who are amazing athletes. Um, like what is that experience like for you? And mm-hmm. I, like, I don't even want to assume like, well, because you are the different person there that you may want to like not chime in as much. But yeah. I mean, like what goes through your head, like as you've kind of grown in your profession as a woman um, doing this?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, to be completely transparent, I still get so nervous, like showing up at games and I always try to make sure. Like I pay attention to what I'm wearing and um, I've really... A lot of snakeskin. Yeah, I I really (laughs) like snakeskin. I've always just been... I I think this comes from like how my mom really was and how she still is to this day. Like she'll put makeup on just to go to Walmart real quick. And I... Same. I do not do that. (laughs) But I don't know. I just, I feel like if you're super put together as a woman, especially a 24-year-old woman like myself that's how people are going to take you seriously. So I've always been so scared showing up to games. Like what if someone doesn't like the way I'm dressed? Like what if I have a smudge in my makeup? Like I've been at a different job all day. My hair is a little greasy. Like I'm so scared. They're just going to not take me seriously because I don't look as put together. So I've always tried to be as conscious as possible to make sure my shoes are clean, my teeth are clean.
1: See, and that's one of the points I wanted to bring up with you because look, I think that's just kind of a universal thing yeah, to feel of sure. like I, like I'm going to work, I want to look nice. Right. But I mean, I'm not throwing anybody specifically under the bus, but this is sports journalism. Um, <laughs> the sometimes some people go to these games, you know, looking rough as hell. Yeah. And those people that I'm thinking of are men. Yeah. Um, like is is it just added pressure? Like because I guess be- so. because you're a woman.
0: I guess so so I'm definitely not gonna name any names in this podcast, but one time I showed up to an event wearing like a beanie and someone made a comment to me and they were like, Did you really show up looking like that? And I was like, It's it's twenty degrees outside. Fuck man. Yeah, and I was just like, It's a be like I had makeup on, my hair was done. I was in like jeans and nice boots or something like that, but I had a beanie on. And someone looked at me and said, did you seriously show up looking like that?
1: I wear a snapback half the time because I just don't even want to do my hair that day. Yeah. Like, even two games. Like, there have been times where I've worn a button-up shirt and slacks, but I have a hat on. Yeah. (laughs) And
0: I will say, it was, I remember that day, it was Lakers shoot-around because the Lakers were here in Oklahoma City. And this was last season when, like, uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball were still there and everything. They were at Chesapeake. And so I drove down there to do their shoot around and i had someone look at me and they're like did you seriously show up like that i was like i i don't know if they were joking but it was just like more even if it's a joke
1: it's just it's just a that's low social IQ. yeah and it was a nice low people skill
0: (laughs) yeah it was just awkward and so i don't know anytime i'm in the basketball setting i try to be very conscious and cognizant of just my appearance and I really hope that doesn't come off as like selfish or um I don't know super self-absorbent or anything it's just you know I want to be taken seriously because I am young and I'll always have like those times where I'll start to go film like uh, one of the players like whether it be visiting or a thunder player warming up and you know, I'll have people kind of looking at me like, oh, God, like rolling their eyes and looking at me like I'm a fangirl or something or like I'm trying to influencer. get their attention. Yeah. Some
1: would say an influencer.
0: Yeah. Not, and I'm not like, I. What? <laughs> and I don't know. It's just like, I, I I think it was like a fan one time. They were standing there and I was filming one of the fun. Thun- I think it was New Orleans or something and uh this fan was like hey if you turn around i'll get your picture with him and i was like no sir like i'm working yeah, i'll get and my picture just... with him in the locker room later on <laughs> i'll be in the background weird and so i i don't know it, i get very nervous and then of course with the locker room every single time i walk in my heart's just like racing because if i make eye contact with any of them i don't want the first thing that pr staff thinks or like the thunder guys think is oh, she's hitting on him or she's checking him out. I'm like, no, no, no. My eyes are on the carpet. I swear on my life. I do not look up in that locker room until someone gets to that whiteboard.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I I do have a lot of inside, inside information on Thunder players, but it has nothing to do with (laughs) basketball. And it's just, you know, you're in a locker room and you're kind of just like waiting around and you're talking to some people and you're not looking behind you where all the players locker <laughs> lockers are but if you're like wandering around and talking sometimes you're just like oh god i shouldn't have looked yeah oh damn it oh yeah. no I... I know something that people <laughs> don't know
0: there have been a few times i've looked up very rarely i will look up <laughs> and i have seen something that i'm like oh my gosh like i'm about to get in so much trouble the because unseeable. someone saw me look at that <laughs> and so i'm just like praying i'm like please let no one have seen that like i promise i was just looking up like I wasn't trying to look at it. So I I just I live with those nerves. And again, I've said this kind of towards the beginning, and I really just want to like reiterate it that I'm not looking for any kind of, oh, poor, pitiful Madison. Like, no, it's just like I get so nervous being a very young woman who's around these athletes at all times, because the first thing people think and like people have told me this is, oh, like which one is. Which one are you talking to? Which one is sliding in your DMs? And I'm like, none of them. I don't talk to them, but I wouldn't talk to them. And that's, but no, like I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was kind of like the other point that I wanted to hit was because, um, you know, you you and I, we work alongside a lot of other talented women that um, either work for the Thunder, cover the Thunder, mm-hmm. I mean, Sh- Shelby and Layla from the Thunder Uh, Paris, who covers the team, um, but works for the team as well. Paris Mm Lawson, this was her first year. Uh, Maddie Lee, who is now formerly, sadly, formerly of the Oklahoma now going to go Maddie. cover the Chicago Cubs, which I'm not a gigantic major league baseball fan, but just for her, I hope there is baseball this year. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Cause I'd hate Everybody. for her first year to be like, yeah, I'm covering the Cubs. And she was a gigantic baseball yeah. fan. So I know she was excited and it, for it to be like the year where baseball just gets outright canceled. I'd just be too sad I'd for I'd be her. so sad for her. Yeah. But yeah, and there's other, there are other women as well. Um, I'm not trying to sit here and and ask you like do you guys get together and talk about like the trials and tribulations of being women in the biz but Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine like because I talk I bitch and moan to you I bitch and moan to Anybody else that will listen, like, in the biz about the job and, yeah. like, all the oh, trials, it's trials <laughs> and tribulations that come about from that. But, I mean, w- what have you noticed? Like, did you have an opinion that, man, this is going to be really tough getting into this, like, into a man's world covering yeah. a bunch of men mm-hmm. only to, like, find out that, wow, there are actually a lot of other talented women at the same level as me, a little bit below mm-hmm. me, and then um, at higher levels than me that gave you some optimism?
0: Yeah, and definitely without, like spectating anything or kind of drawing my own conclusions but i feel so comfortable around the thunder pr stuff just because i mean you've already said them but shelby and layla are pretty high up there and they're wonderful women who are always willing to help us out and talk to us and give us a smile and ask us how we're doing and this is where I don't want to like draw my own assumptions. I think Shelby is kind of close to my age. Um, she's definitely Uh-oh. older. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm like, crap, I'm so sorry, Shelby. Um, but yeah, I know she's older than I am, but she seems to be like a little bit like closer to my age than anybody else that next podcast Madison around. will guess my weight. <laughs> I know. I'm like absolutely Let's guess
1: each other's weight. <laughs> you go first. But and then
0: also like i definitely want to shout out maddie lee because that girl she was awesome she was my immediate friend when i met her and she first got on the Thunderbeat for the oklahoman and she was just so kind-hearted all the time and always you know wanted to talk to you and she took her job super seriously and i could tell she was super well respected by everybody in that department so um i i really really loved being around her and i will miss her dearly now that she's in chicago But also Leslie McCaslin was someone I talked to when I first got into it because my very first Thunder Media Day, I was super all over the place and I kept leaving my SD cards in my car. And like I had all these cameras that needed SD cards and like, oh, Russell Westbrook has already done his availability and you missed it because you had to run to the car and it was just like so crazy. But I remember taking time out of that Hectic day and I introduced myself to leslie because I was such a fan of hers at the time and I had never met her and She was just the kindest person ever and she um Just really I don't know She took the time to talk to me and took the time to build me up and asked me what my end goal was and I really appreciated that from her So yeah, it's just I don't know. We never I, I can honestly say i've never gotten with the other women and discussed like funny things like that but I I feel so comfortable around them and not to say I don't I feel uncomfortable if like um, I'm just at a table full of men or around a lot of men because that's not it at all but
1: because you usually are when when (laughs) we're we're eating dinner at, at the arena like it's you know you and I usually sit together and then if Ryan's there then it's you me Ryan and then you know Royce or uh eric horn or oh know. come on
0: i shoot the shit with you guys oh yeah it's yeah. fun yeah. <laughs> but
1: you're we have you surrounded basically. yeah
0: it's true it's true but i don't know i enjoy it and i'm just appreciative of all those women because they they pave a path whether they have a small role or a large role they still pave a path and they're they're badass women doing badass things
1: and i guess like before i get you out of here um I mean, what's the the dream goal?
0: So it's funny because I really did want to do, like, Leslie's job. And I would love to still do that if that opportunity ever came up. I would certainly jump on it because that would be a dream. Um, But honestly, you know, the Houston Rockets and their head PR woman? Mm -hmm. She is just wonderful. And, like, I think she does such a great job. And she's had to deal with some stuff. And honestly... Yeah, she's
1: got a... She's got to work with uh, James Harden. <laughs> she has James Harden. No strip club questions, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and just any time that uh, the Rockets came to Oklahoma City, and I would just kind of observe her and just think, dang, she does this with such a poise. And, like, she's really good at her job. And so I would honestly love to work in a PR department for a team. And obviously everyone knows I'm a huge Colorado fan, so the Nuggets is, like, the dream job. But Yeah.
1: yeah. Maybe you can go practice that with Corbin at Skins League when people are trying to ask him questions. Be like, no questions.
0: <laughs> Be like, guys, I'm sorry. We got to – no we gotta go put it away can't do this right now hey yep i'll call you back in a minute thank you corbin (laughs) yes thank you corbin
1: (laughs) oh man anybody else
0: (laughs) that's such good stuff but yeah that's kind of the end goal i really want to get into the pr department of an nba team
1: denver nuggets are you listening
0: denver nuggets please give me a chance
1: listeners of this podcast be like
0: what about the thunder Well, i love the thunder like i love oklahoma city but i mean guys the mountains the mountains are calling.
1: There's Black Mesa. The mountains. Come
0: on now. <laughs> no, guys, I need the mountains. <laughs> like my soul needs the mountains. Well, you
1: can just drive there. Come <laughs> on. <now.
0: laughs> it's like a 12-hour drive.
1: And you're just turning your back on the state just like Kevin Durant. I love No you wonder Oklahoma. you wear all that, no longer you wear all that sca- snake skin. <laughs> it all makes sense.
0: Y'all, I love Oklahoma. Love getting to cover the Thunder. Actually, like I've heard the Thunder has one of the best PR departments anyway, just because of the people. Yes, the
1: Thunder PR department is incredible. We amazing. love you.
0: Amazing. We love you guys. But yeah, that's the dream. Madison,
1: we're about to go talk about basketball Yay. in just a few short weeks. I have no idea what it's going to be like when they're practicing at the facility in oh, June. Gosh, really? I, I don't know if they're going to allow media availability at all I don't know if it's just going to be over the computer um, I don't know if they're going to allow us to even be on the premises right. with social distancing being um, practiced I would assume I have no idea but I'm still excited that Chris Paul Shay Steven mm-hmm. Dennis all those guys are going to be dribbling and shooting they're the back. building across the street and uh, we are finally getting back to basketball so that we can do this podcast once again um, for at least eight games, then the playoffs. Yes. And uh, Franchise Thunder Insider Show with Jerry and John yes. on Saturdays. And then um, if the Thunder play a little bit longer than they have played over the last few years, um, by the time that they're finished, we will be getting ready for, hopefully, college football season, Yay! which is also very big for the franchise. Big time. Big for you, big for me. And, um, yeah, it's this is like a dream come true for me where basketball bleeds right into football season. There's yeah. not like that three or four months of, only baseball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. That's I just... know. I'm totally on board. And how about that? Best Christmas gift ever. Here's the NBA.
1: I know. And uh, it, if the finals go into a game seven scenario, um, that date is October 12th. Mm-hmm. Cannot believe that. Because like in a regular year, two weeks later is w- or about a week later is when the NBA season starts. Yeah. Now, in this scenario, I would imagine that the NBA season starts either on Christmas Day or they might, might even push it back to January and a whole new can of worms with that but um, Madison I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more I would like to get some other uh, ladies on the podcast with you just to discuss it because it's, it's interesting to me um, I've been so caught up in like trying to climb the ladder myself mm-hmm. but because I've learned that you can only do so much. So you have to depend on other people to not just help you, but Mm -hmm. if you want to do a good job, you can't just really do it on your own. So like working with you really opened my eyes to just how, no, like I'm not the only person who works their ass off. I'm not Mm -hmm. the only person who's had to sacrifice crap. And um, having said all that, you still have a hurdle of being a woman to climb that I don't have. And it's just, uh, you know, something that I respect and, Thank you. um, knowing my soft ass self, if I was a woman, maybe I'd be like, ah, eh, it's too hard. I'm just not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to do this anymore.
0: Oh man. I will say that I'm thankful for like all the times I have been knocked down by this because it's just made me more hungry to just climb back out of it. And so I feel like I've learned so much more about myself because I mean, my sister, sometimes she comments and she's like, I just wish I could be as, you know, talkative as you. I wish I could be as confident. I wish I could just handle these situations instead of like overthink things and get really freaked out. And I'm like, sis, I was not like that growing up at all. So I will say that working in sports, it's helped me to better find my voice a little bit because you kind of have to. And I don't know. I mean, it's made me... Uh, it, it's made me feel more comfortable, like knowing what I want to do moving forward and not letting things that have happened like in the past, knock me down because I don't know, there definitely have been times where I'm like, why am I doing this? But then there are other times where I'm like, it's going to be worth it one day. Just keep pushing.
1: Oh yeah. I asked myself that like during the season, like every, every afternoon oh, for sure. And then the practices will start or the games will start. And I'll just be like, Oh yeah, that's, this is why I'm doing be like, this. So. I like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Like, Uh, But Madison, uh, I look forward to seeing you a lot more um, because that also means basketball season is back. So uh, thanks for jumping on your podcast.
0: Thank you for having me on our (laughs) podcast.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to OKC82. Please subscribe, please retweet, please share and all that stuff. And basketball is coming back. I know you're excited. I'm excited. Uh, But until next time, we will talk to you later.